Oh yeah. What's up, y'all? <laughs> it's your boy. The one and only A Switch. AKA who left the damn left the damn swig of Kool-Aid without refilling it. <laughs> AKA uh who keep taking the damn bread not even eating a eating a in the ends of it just gonna leave it <laughs> aka the undisputed uncontested social distancing champion aka the nigga love master <laughs> bringing you yet another episode of switch of sites episode 98 uh, today's date is April 1st, 2021. Um, just letting you guys know, uh, I am now a father, um, expecting my child to need time now. <laughs> I couldn't even do it. I couldn't even do it. <laughs> couldn't even do it. Uh, my, uh, mixer still messed up either way. Um, yeah, so at least uh, from the gaming news standpoint, nothing necessarily uh, revolutionary or stood out for the most part this week. A couple of tidbits, but at least uh, somewhat of a lighter news week this week. So in turn, probably get a lighter episode, but I don't know. I may, uh, I'll probably go go fully, fully into uh, Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, since I uh, played a good amount of it, a very good, amount, very good amount of it since last episode. So anyway, without further ado, let's stop the dilly dally and get right into it. Um, first topic of discussion. So, uh, you know that that event that used to be so, uh, I don't know, I guess established renowned as like, I guess, I mean, if you, depending on how you look at it, the super bowl of video games to an extent in terms of the, I guess the amount of people in terms of eyes looking at it, uh, E3. So, you know, uh, due to recent events, uh, COVID as well as, um, I guess mainly partially COVID partially <laughs> them like revealing all of, uh, all of, uh, like journalists and, uh, publishing, not, not publishing journalists and media's, uh, information, uh, who signed up with, uh, the ESA. Um, yeah, their E3 is not in good shape as of late. Uh, but I don't know. This might be the, be the uh, additional nail in the coffin, if anything. But uh, let's just read this tidbit here. Uh, this is uh, according to VGC. Um, as reported in February, organizer, the Entertainment Software Association (ESA) is pushing forward with plans for a digital E3 E3 event this summer, and is attempting to court the support of game publishers. The event, which will be, which will rebrand as <laughs> electronic entertainment. <laughs> oh God. 
experience. Like you got it. You it's only necessary. Mm. Eh. Experience. experience. I had to let I got to let that. I'm gonna let that marinate one more time. Electronic, Electronic entertainment, entertainment experience. experience. Okay. <laughs> Instead of Expo, it's planned to run for a week, starting June 13th, and incorporate three days of broadcast content, followed by a consumer experience uh, powered by an official E3 app. Uh, the ESA's intention of the 2021 show is to hold multiple keynote sessions from games partners broadcast from an LED, LED, really LED clad. Oh, okay. I guess so. That's kind of a weird aspect to focus on LED, but whatever, uh, broadcast from an LED clad live stage built in Los Angeles, as well as an award show, uh, preview night and the ability for companies to schedule meetings with media and business users via the app. The ESA wants to partner with NVIDIA to power the demos using its GeForce Now platform. VGC understands and allow E3 exhibitors to make their playable experiences available either in the general public or privately to press and business people via its app. VGC has requested comment from NVIDIA. According to our sources, the ESA has discussed building some parts of of its consumer offering as part of a paid access pass, which could be for the on-demand game demos or premium package with extra access. However, at least one major games company VGC spoke to expressed criticism of the paywall plans and suggested that the ESA has indicated it was willing to back down on the proposal. So probably the biggest uh, yikes <laughs> of this is for sure uh, this, at least as of now, proposed uh, or, you know, explored idea of a paywall where you basically it seems like presumably you're going to have to pay for on demand game demos, you know, and demos in any other environment outside of E3 would be free for people to test and mess with. But uh, at least in the, of course, in the context of uh, electronic entertainment experience, it will. Um, <laughs> oh, that was so ridiculous. I got me uh, had allergic reaction. Um, yeah, that it would now require you to pay to pay, pay, pay to play, essentially, which is. uh yeah, not a good look. And then on top of that, well, I guess it's still roughly in that same umbrella, a premium package with extra access. So it seems to kind of be an extension of like, I guess, the previous E3s before COVID or the last few E3s before COVID where you um, uh, general public can pay to attend E3. But um, I think it is a, a few days after and um you basically can explore roughly in the same uh extent as the general well the media but you know media still gets an exclusive day or two i think um yeah i don't know man that i mean in, in of itself that's just not right and 
not a good look for E3 in general, especially when you compare it to um, Jeff Keighley's event uh, last year, um, Summer Games event, I want to say, Summer Games Fest, where he legitimately had, uh, and I, I would say orchestrated a whole event where people can play demos and, and stuff that would have potentially been shown at E3, um, you know, uh, f- free, of course, first and foremost. So, yeah, not a good look at all. Um, just the fact that they are exploring it, even if they don't follow through with it. I don't know. It's kind of already made them look even worse than they already are looking currently. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, oh boy, uh, huge, big ass yikes because of <laughs> just trying to get any, any type of money they can. It's not a good look, not a good look at all. So there's, uh, your proposed, uh, E3 for this year. Um, I'm very curious to see, uh, how, how, um, yeah, like what companies, um, you know, that at least were formerly attending E3 and stuff, if they're still gonna stick with it this year, um, I definitely assume a lot are definitely going to either maybe go with Keeley's, um, event with the summer games fest now, or yeah, I don't know. It's not looking too good for E3. They, I think, uh, E3 that we all knew and loved is, uh, pretty much gone at this point. Cause, uh, yeah, just, uh, it, it's funny now that we don't even have a venue anymore, at least this, uh, for next year, it just seems like this is definitely going the way of, uh, yeah, just, 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 just going. <laughs> it is definitely not the E3 we, we knew anymore, which is kind of sad as at least somebody who grew up watching E3 and like it always delivering for the most part in some way, shape or form is somebody who like, uh, likes and appreciates a wide range of video games. Um, it's sad. It's like a part of your childhood. It's kind of like what, like Toys R Us closing, Blockbuster closing, uh, you name any other ex company that you used to grow up with and had fond memory of fond memories of closing, um, could definitely be it. So, uh, I, I hate to say it, but Unless, uh, unless they do something very pivotal and like, uh, I don't know, just something to not make it this, uh, I don't know. It's RP three, lest we knew ye RP RP, <laughs> uh, moving on. So, uh, that topic we talked about, uh, last episode in regards to PlayStation, PlayStation store, uh, closing, uh, at least now is officially being confirmed as of the 29th, um, (laughs) PlayStation. I mean, they had no choice at this point. Everybody was in outrage and 
they they definitely need to say something so they just straight up confirmed it uh playstation 3 and psp uh store will close july 2nd uh on vita on august 27th uh you can still download you can still re-download previously purchased content and games redeemed through ps plus uh you there will be no more actual purchases and no more in-game purchases so pretty much most of the those rumors did solidify in that case so ah uh, boy the the clock time is limited uh at least to uh you know buy them ps3 games them the uh, more more or less essential ones is the ones you can't get anywhere at least a couple that come to the top of my head um i mean demon souls the remake came out but i mean if you if you're a purist or you know just just like to explore um explore demon souls before it got remade there you there's your uh you know opportunity there i mean technically there is physical versions but and i guess that's one thing i'm curious about i would assume that's intact where like you know patches and stuff for existing games i would assume that's still um up and running and still feasible but um yeah that sucks and i also heard that like uh ps vita which has actually gotten a surprising amount of like indie support uh support as well as like that's now kind of on its way uh to be you know extinct well at least a lot of um developers that were developing for the ps vita still uh knowing and hearing about this news because i guess they i think they got dev units like uh within the last year um and then now uh i think because they got blindsided uh by it as well that um the store is closing so like there's really no way for them to release the game now so they just are basically stopping uh ending development for uh those games that are were at least initially planned to be released and you know to uh, come out on the ps store but that is now long gone um which is which is horrible like i said last episode uh, just, just, just basically from a game preservation standpoint, which at least I'm definitely for sure, um, an advocate for, uh, yeah, that's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty concerning. If anything, you know, if like, if it's going to happen with, you know, these consoles, um, I mean, if that's any indication, man, what's going to happen to PS4, PS5 down the road, um, but I mean, I understand for a lot of other people, um, you know, going back to older games and things like that is not a preference. People don't do it. Um, if you're not like a really, I guess, more or less into games like that, uh, odds are of you going back to games is, you know, not that great, but still for the people that do and, uh, you know, like to, um, catch up on games they missed out on. I know I do that from time to time as well. Um, it is a huge bummer. A lot of games now are kind of going to be obsolete, uh, physical games for like PS one games. I, I hear already they're like hiking up in price now, considering that, um, they are, uh, going to be the only way <laughs> really to play these games. Technically, if they, uh, PlayStation does have, uh, anything up their sleeve come, uh, E3 or well, 
I like to say E3, whatever <laughs> popular summer event is, well, I guess summer game, game, um, event, I guess that's since there's so many under, <laughs> under that umbrella, but yeah, that's, uh, it's really, uh, messed up, but I, I would like to give PlayStation the benefit of the doubt that, uh, they may have something up their sleeve where they may be will be continuing support or, you know, bringing PS2, PS3, well, maybe not PS3, but at least PS1 and PS2 games, um, maybe transferring those games to PS5 to probably encourage people, one, to get a PS5 as well as, um, um, what am I thinking of? Well, yeah, I guess so it won't be as a big of a detriment for somebody that doesn't have a PS3 that won't be able to play those games that they would. And, um, yeah, that'd be the best scenario, but knowing PlayStation and, you know, at least previous experiences does not seem to be too likely considering how they, they at least seem to, um, I don't know, have been treating like uh, backwards compatibility for the most part like, I'm trying to like, especially the time frame when you think about it, like literally three, three months we have to, you know, get whatever digital games that we cared about before the, um, before they closed the, the store. So that seems very, it seems very extreme to do that knowing well, considering how dire that that is, because like you basically won't be able to purchase any games within three months from now. So it's like either they're they have something planned to replace this or they just really just don't care about backwards compatibility older games. So I don't know. Part of me really hopes it's the latter where they um or the um the former where they uh really would they do have some plan to actually um yeah like transfer the preservation of these digital games to PlayStation 5 some way we'll see we'll see but uh, uh it's not looking too good at least in the best scenario um you know Sony gets some gets up on stage. Um, guys, we can't. <laughs> this guy keeps coming back. I can't help. <laughs> guys, we've heard you. <laughs> PlayStation has always been fond and respects its previous generations. It's how we got here. And it's, it's how we know where we're going with that. With that in mind, we proudly announce PlayStation one, PlayStation two, um, maybe a little bit of PlayStation three, uh, backwards compatibility, any physical media for PlayStation you have, you can play on your PlayStation five that has a disc tray or, you know, the standard edition PlayStation five with a disc drive, you can 
play all of your previously purchased digital content on your PlayStation 5. And it will roll out today. <laughs> Ideal situation, but I honestly, the pessimist in me does not think that's going to happen. So we'll see though. We'll see for just preservation's sake. I really hope they do. Cause I mean, that's all that's PlayStation three had a very good digital library. So it is, it's hard for me to see them not, not continuing that in any way, shape or form. Um, they, 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 they could potentially just charge us more or charge us again. Like, you know, Nintendo, um, I don't know, man. Let's, let's not even talk about Nintendo, how they, uh, you know, they just killing games and, you know, doing the, the whole Disney vault mentality. Ugh, disgusting. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it all. So sick of it. Um, <laughs> with that, that depressing this, uh, news in mind, uh, that concludes <laughs> pretty much all the news. So at least the, uh, news that stood out to me for this uh, week. So we're going to get into it to clear the palette. We're going to get into uh, what I've been playing. And uh, do I even have to tell you though? Do I even have to tell you? Um, Monster Hunter Rise, literally the only thing I've been playing <laughs> for good reason. Um, man, where do I even start with this game? Uh, first and foremost, it is fantastic. Let me just get that out the way. Fantastic. Magnifique so far. Um, and I guess, um, a little bit of context, I guess the, you know, at least provide my origins and association with the series beforehand. Um, I started out with monster hunter. Uh, actually, I think I talked about this a little bit, but either way, uh, started out on monster hunter on the PSP with, um, monster hunter freedom unite. Uh, it was, <laughs> I think I talked about it, but it was a, it was a summer where, didn't have any consoles, at least, uh, how I, I was working at, uh, I used to work at Cedar point and, uh, yeah, you were pretty limited in their housing where they didn't have, they had horrible, atrocious internet. Uh, you couldn't really necessarily set up a console ideally. Um, so, uh, I ultimately that got me really into portable games where, um, you know, I, I, I got a PSP uh, played, uh, some classics like, uh, crisis core. I think it just came out around that time. And also, um, at least my friend's roommates at the time, uh, we, uh, got monster hunter and this is my first time playing monster hunter. I was getting my ass whooped. And then, uh, you know, it started eventually just clicking and I was really enjoying it. And then I just kept following the series after that. I think after that, the, the, um, the Wii versions came out. So I got the one, I think try for the Wii and then 
uh, I think try ultimate for the Wii U. And then I want to say, and I think it was, uh, oh yeah, they went back to portable. They went to, I think four came out on the three. Yes. So I picked that up and, um, yeah, it's pretty much been that ever since. So man, if I could think of total play time across the whole series, good God, part of me doesn't want to see that, but I'd have to say if anything, for sure, over a thousand hours collectively, uh, across all the games, hands down for certain. Um, so at least kind of having that in mind, that's kind of at least my, my reference point coming into monster hunter. Uh, it is, it is kind of, a uh, similar to dark souls in that, that sense where it's a uh, very, it has a very steep learning curve and it doesn't, at least the earlier games don't really explain or teach you, um, the little nuances and stuff that do make a, a very, um, integral aspect of like the gameplay in a lot of, a lot of cases. Um, but once you get it, you get it. I feel like it's kind of like a bike where, you know, you, once you learn it, it, you, you got it. So that's at least my personal ref, uh, you know, experience with it. So, uh, coming into that and, you know, going into rise, um, I'm literally very surprised by a lot of things with this game. Like, uh, I guess first is it doesn't feel like a downgrade to monster Hunter world, which is, that was my biggest concern I'd say, but it like, it literally like the, the graphical quality is really good, especially for a switch game. Uh, the loading is very quick. Um, which I, I, I guess you can technically attribute to the switches infrastructure, but I mean, still considering the switches infrastructure and you got like, you got like next gen consoles. Now it is surprisingly very quick and fast. So something with that, uh, the, that, uh, re, um, I guess restructured RE, uh, engine for the Nintendo has been doing wonders. It definitely makes you think, that we might see like resident evil, like, uh, the ports of resident evil two, three, um, remakes, uh, eventually getting ported in some way because Jesus, the, the for even for a switch game, the graphics look really good. So, um, it also definitely, you know, you could definitely see there's a lot of potential for this to be upgraded to like, if, if that rumor switch pro, um, you know, comes into, is, is all the rumors are true. This definitely will benefit greatly from a, from an, um, from that upgrade. So yeah. Um, what else? Um, yeah, like I feel like they made all the right decisions in terms of what to cut, uh, from, uh, world to rise where, you know, obviously how, monster in a world is structured. It, it definitely would never work on the switch. And that's why, you know, I think Capcom officially stated, you know, that, um, there would, there would not be a port of world to switch. So, um, 
but yeah, it's like all of the stuff they did made sense and like totally wasn't a detriment to the game. If you played world or world was your first monster in a game, you got into whatever. So that's one thing I was very surprised that like felt really good. Um, but then again, I, I was like going, jumping back to Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate before this. And that's probably what I've been still playing over world for the most part. So, uh, again, my, my reference may be totally different from yours in terms of your experience with this game, but yeah, um, the mobility is really fun. A very welcome addition. Uh, you definitely feel very agile and, um, yeah, you feel the you're definitely the most agile you've ever been in this game, this in this series for sure with this game. Um to a point where I think even people who maybe didn't even like World might actually like this one because I feel like it in turn makes the game a little bit easier even than World where you have more options to uh get out of horrible situations essentially. Uh, which I think that's kind of what the monster hunter, I guess, formula kind of, um, thrives on in terms of like difficulty, because at least, especially for the previous games, like, uh, you know, something that's so minute, but actually is really huge is like, you know, healing, uh, at least how monster hunter world introduced healing where you can actually move while you heal. But, you know, in, in the previous monster hunters, you had to stand in place and you had to meticulously calculate uh, a monster's uh, patterns and, you know, uh, wait for a moment where he does attack. Okay. I know for sure he can't come over here with that attack and how long it's going to take. Let me take this, take this uh, potion while he's doing that. Let me eat this steak, blah, blah, blah. Um, So there's a lot of that being removed, but technically replaced because now the, monsters have kind of adapted to that as well. So it's a lot of give and take there, but that that's definitely one aspect that I am very surprised by how they even made things even way easier from world to rise. Now, uh, at least especially, uh, it seems like the quests are more lenient now, uh, urgence. Now you collectively can all do together, uh, where you don't have to do it. Uh, for each person that wants to rank up, uh, which I think is huge. I'm pretty sure that wasn't in world. I don't think, I think each person still had to complete the urgent. I could be wrong in that, but at least, um, it seems like that's new, a new addition arise. Um, so there's at least supposedly that. And then what was the other factor? I think that was really big. Oh yeah. Like something that's kind of, <laughs> I guess for most people or especially somebody who just hopped in this game first would never notice. But like for a long time, Monster Hunter fans, it's like that's huge as hell where now you literally uh, there's no you no longer have hot drinks and cold drinks. So that's one big, uh, you know, (laughs) in, in the grand scheme of things, a very arbitrary, like tedious thing to have to like factor in and worry about but it wasn't a game either way. But, uh, so essentially there's generally two areas in the game, uh, locales, if you will, that are, I guess, set up later in the game where there's, um, a sandy desert and then, uh, you know, um, 
a uh, frost area, uh, snow area. And, you know, for each of those, as well as like, I guess the volcano like areas, uh, you would have to use, you know, the appropriate drink, uh, for that scenario. So like if you're in the snowy lands, you would need to bring, uh, you know, hot drinks. If you're in the Sahara desert, whatever you would need to bring a cold drink. So pretty much that is just <laughs> when I think about it, it's really just like a very arbitrary thing. So it does totally make sense. They cut it out, but just another thing to worry about. So like, let's say if you do go into the snowy lands and you know, you don't have a hot drink, uh, your stamina will go down way quicker than, uh, if you did. So yeah, it was just, yeah. When you think about it, it's just very arbitrary, which is understandable. But a part of me is like, just, just weird Stockholm-y, um, I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah, I guess just masochistic, uh, thing. I think I talked about before. It's like, I kind of miss it a little bit, but at, you know, the more I've been playing, I was like, yeah, this actually is pretty nice. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, little stuff like that they've done. Uh, I think also, I believe it, it does kind of feel like it where the, uh, item requirements to craft weapons and armor and stuff is a little bit more lenient now. E, uh, you know, even, even compared to world, uh, which is actually pretty good as well for, you know, people jumping into this one also. Um, yeah. So, I mean, trying to think of it as somebody who's trying to never play monster Hunter before and wants to jump in on this series. I think this is definitely by far the best entry point in monster hunter for a new person. Um, if you played monster hunter world and didn't like it and couldn't get into it, I don't know if you would, if this would rise would change your mind. Cause I mean, it's still a lot of those aspects of the game that if you didn't like world, I don't think this would necessarily change your mind. Um, it's very hard to say. I would say the biggest like difference and maybe, um, X factor that would maybe make you like it is the mobility and also exploration. I forgot about that. That's a huge part of the game now where you're essentially rewarded now for exploring the map before fighting the, the monster. Uh, you basically get uh, health, stamina, attack up, and I think affinity um, bonuses uh, basically added to your max uh, health for each of those respective areas where um, you get these little birds that they basically buff up your those respective stats. Um, which is, you know, obviously there to encourage you to explore the area. And then you also get the, I think they're referred to as either endemic life, or I think they're changed now. I think that was a world, but you essentially get that now where you can, um, you can basically, they essentially replace a lot of the items you would have to craft and stuff. It felt like. Cause you have this cool little spider that you can pick up in the environment that will instantly, um, make a monster mountable. I totally forgot about that. Uh, um, I guess we'll, we'll get back to that in a bit, but you have that, you have, um, a escargot, <laughs> which is a snail that like heals, uh, similar to the health vial in monster in a world where it basically just 
employs a field where you can heal up um, for a certain amount of time. It seems to be pretty generous about like an hour or so, not an hour. I mean, uh, about like a minute and a half. It felt like could be two. Um, so you have like those creatures and then, um, yeah. Uh, so back to the mounting, the mounting is way, it's probably the best it's ever been personally. I feel, um, cause now you can like, you know, fulfill that Kaiju fetish, <laughs> I guess. I don't know where you can, uh, basically literally control the monster and make it do uh particular actions and fight other monsters and stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, so that kind of, it feels like a very, uh, welcome, uh, evolution of the initial mounting system from, you know, the previous, uh, monster Hunter games now. So now it's like, uh, you can get on them and then you can, you can either like have them hit itself and, you know, ram the wall, or you can have them hit other monsters, or you can get real deep into it where you can like hit them a couple of times and then like your last hit, you can actually ram them into the monster. And then that monster can actually uh, be put into a um, more, more than like, I think it depends on the monster health or whatever, but more than likely will be put into a um, mountable state as well. And then you can, <laughs> if you got three monsters, you can like keep that train going, which I, it did actually happen once, which was pretty damn fun to be honest. So yeah, I really love the, at that addition to this game, it is, it is very welcome. It is so damn awesome. Um, and it, and it's, it, it's fair. It doesn't seem like it's, you can like exploit it or anything like that. It seems like, cause at least in a traditional monster hunt, um, you have to do a lot of that particular damage, which you can do with a couple of attacks now, uh, which they refer to as silk bind attacks, which, I don't know how to describe it. it it's kind of like a mix of the hunter arts from monster hunter generations ultimate, as well as I guess that's really it. It's kind of like a loose form of hunter arts, if you will. That's kind of the best reference I could say. Uh, but it, uh, basically gives you different properties of your weapons. You can do like for some people you can do like an uh, invincible attack where you're not knocked down during the attack frames. And um, what was one that, that was notable for the great sword uh, silk bind you can do is basically it will launch you onto the monster. And if you hit your hit connects to the monster, you can do a follow up um, either slash or stab down. Um, so that's like kind of the, the potential for a lot of the weapons. And then, um, yeah, within that you have a lot of various options too, uh, which is another aspect of the game called switch skills, which after playing with, uh, a few of the weapons, they like really drastically change the play style of the game for sure. Which, um, I think is definitely going to make, make the game way more interesting for people to play and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, there's like one that you can traditionally, you can just tackle with the great sword, but with a switch skill, it, you could change that tackle to a blocking tackle, which I think you're a little bit slower, but at the same time, you can now tackle and block an attack at the same time, which is, you know, 
totally opens up the game and like, you know, gives you way more options, but also, uh, kind of caters to your play style as well. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of potential for sure. Um, there. So, and I think that's another aspect too, is like now with all that in mind, I feel like I've now started to branch out more than I normally have with a monster hunter game where I'm starting to experiment with a lot of weapons at once more. I feel like now generally I've traditionally stick stuck with uh long sword and great sword for the most part. But now I'm like really starting to branch out uh, where I'm actually messing with a uh, hunting horn, which actually has kind of been my, for the most part, been my, my uh, primary weapon now, which is, it is, it is, after playing it for a good amount of time, it is like super OP in a lot of areas. Uh, you can like heal, heal and uh, buff your teammates while also doing a good amount of damage on your own, which uh, I think that's the biggest, um, you know, appeal uh, to like what, a, what otherwise was like a kind of very, very niche weapon. But I think you'll see a lot of people actually embracing the hunting horn now. Um, especially like <laughs> tier list are like ranking it at, at S <laughs> I think it's the hunting horn and long sword are technically the S S ranked tiered weapons. At least it seems like, uh, at least in the conversation so far, but yeah. So, um, I'm definitely, I'm thoroughly enjoying the hell out of this. I'm, I'm, I'm hunter rank four. So I've, I think six is probably the max. It could be seven. Uh, but I know there's probably going to be some end game or high end or, uh, G rank. At least that's the old school terminology for the high, high rank stuff, but we'll see how that plays out. But at least they definitely confirm we're definitely going to get DLC. And if, um, my center world is any indication, I think, it's going to be a very steady stream of DLC. We're going to get in terms like, you know, um, monsters. I, I assume high rank, unless they might do the pull the good old tried and true Capcom, uh, way of <laughs> doing a monster hunter, monster hunter rise EX upper left uppercut Omni slash, um, alpha <laughs> booty Omega. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's probably gonna be monster. Let's speculate real quick. Monster Hunter Rise, uh, Monster Hunter Rise, I guess Ultimate. It seems like Ultimate has like been the consistent, the consistent theme for the next version of Monster Hunter. Or, I mean, if we're if Iceborne's any example, they could probably go that route too. I'm guessing since it's gonna, this game is supposed to be coming out on PC a year from now. I think we'll, that's when we'll probably get the, you know, EX booty, butt, Omega alpha EX riding hard <laughs> version. Um, yeah. Cause that's pretty much what happened with Iceborne. It was like roughly a, maybe two years after. No, I think it was probably a year. Let me check. Let me check. Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter World. Uh, let's see the wiggy. Monster Hunter World. And 
let's see. So 2019, I think my center came out. 2018. Yeah, June, no, January 2018. So, yeah, roughly about a year, give or take. So, yeah, I think that's probably going to happen. Um, it seems very likely. I see the potential. It could definitely, definitely, definitely happen. Um, yeah, it's, I, yeah, I feel like they're probably, that's how they're going to hold the DLC. But we'll see. Hopefully... Capcom be nice and like, you know, implement cross play between at least PC and switch. And then, um, we might get, uh, at least, at least cross progression or at least, uh, transfer of your character, which would be great too. I mean, cross progression would be the best situation. It's time. Monster Hunter needs to start doing that. Embracing, embracing that we missed out on world. I think, uh, it, it will be a great testament to try that now that I guess technically the other consoles aren't like, I guess the issue we'll see. I mean, definitely the switch has done that before, at least now that with, uh, what Diablo two coming out, they're going to do that. So I think that's, that's very likely we'll see. Um, what else outside of that? I think that's pretty much, yeah, um, it's probably, I guess it's hard to say, but it's definitely the best Monster Hunter to date. I could definitely say that. Yeah. Oh, as overall, overall package coming out, I, I guess that's, I don't think that's fair to compare it directly to Monster Hunter World considering that it had a year and, you know, released a full DLC pack, which, you know, fully fleshed out that game. But I think comparing this to monster Hunter world, I think rise is definitely the best monster hunter game to date. Um, yeah, I think I could say that I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it so far. Uh, maybe (laughs) check back in with me and maybe a couple months from now. Uh, that might be my, what is it? A uh, recency bias where, you know, something that's recently in your head compared to something else you'd, that association is not as strong. So of course you're going to think that the game is better, but from what I've played and just overall feel, I can definitely see myself playing this for a long time to come, especially with their at least supposed roadmap of, you know, additional DLC and characters and stuff like that. So. Yeah. So, um, also the man, the monsters are really great too. Like all the new monsters are really cool. Um, which you, you have to give Capcom credit in terms of just like (laughs) kind of similar to Pokemon where they have to keep, uh, you know, getting these good ideas and, and trying to, you know, do they make sense? Uh, are they actually good? Well, you know, (laughs) Pokemon has had some very suggestive, you know, additions like a keychain. Really? Is that I'm catching a keychain? What? Come on. Come on, Game Freak. Why? Why I got to catch a keychain? <laughs> what am I going to do with a keychain? Keychain use unlock. Keychain use cut. What? 
either way. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, I, I think they, yeah. Capcom has a lot more flexibility with their monster way on <laughs> to make just literal, literal objects. Uh, ugh. I know there's a lot more ridiculous ones that uh, at least haven't come to mind, but <laughs> a damn keychain. <laughs> you got, you got freaking, you got freaking Charizard fighting a damn keychain. Charizard just like, really, really <laughs> a flamethrower. <laughs> Uh, but I digress. Um, yeah. So love, 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 loving, um, monster rise. I'm not sure if I said my playtime, at least from what I checked, I'm like 40 hours in. So, and I'm only on hunter rank four. Um, so I've been thoroughly enjoying it though. I've been, uh, finding all the secret stuff, uh, unlocking the sub camps similar to monster in our world and things like that. So thoroughly enjoying it very much. So very great, very, very great. It delivered, definitely delivered. I see the comparisons now, <laughs> legend of Zelda breath of the wild. That's pretty bold. Like what I, I hear, I heard a lot of published um, media was saying like, this is basically the next best thing uh, next to breath of the wild. I'm like, damn, that's, that's a very powerful statement, um, you know, um, which I'd agree. I mean, to be honest, I've not, I've only put, it's my, uh, game of shame, but only put 20 hours in the Zelda. I've never gotten back to it, but I do plan to at some point. Um, yeah. So there you have it. Monster Hunter world. I mean, rise. I, hopefully I've not been saying that wrong every time I've said it, but monster hunter rise, uh, also love the, uh, as a fan of like the feudal era era of Japan, love all the, you know, it's, it's definitely the inspiration aesthetic they're going for, uh, with this game, which I'm thoroughly enjoying overall, man. Great, great game. I do recommend it. If you're into monster hunter, if you're not, I don't, if, yeah, if you're not really, really a monster hunter fan and tried world and didn't like it either, I'm not sure this would change your mind because it has a lot of what world had, but with the addition of, yeah, just great mobility now. So yeah. Other than that, <laughs> that's pretty much all of what I've been playing. So there you go. Um, let's get into what I've been watching, which is, That's right. Which is uh Attack on Titan. I did uh watch the final episode. Uh it was pretty good. Uh it's still it was good. I don't want to spoil it, but um yeah, I mean I guess the biggest issue I am having with how it ended or quote unquote ended is that now there's still the season isn't over, but at least supposedly the, the word on the street is that it's going to be like a year and a half until we actually get the final finality of the season. So it's like, what, what? No, uh, I think, it, I think it was something that like the manga isn't even over yet or something like that. 
to my understanding. So I guess I could read the manga, but I don't want to, <laughs> to be honest, but, um, just want to see it in animated form, you know, see, see it. I want to see, you know, Aaron just get mad and Levi, you know, be smug, you know, I don't know. It hurts a little bit. Not going to lie. Just want, just want some closure to that, but <laughs> just gonna have to wait, keep them blue balls until a year and a half from now. So, so yeah, uh, walking dead. Uh, I'm trying to remember what episode, what episode was this? I guess that's a, t- that's a testament to how much I've been enjoying the walking dead. So, uh, I'm trying to remember the episode. I know for, I guess what's kind of confusing that it keeps jumping, uh, jumping with, uh, jumping from person to person. Okay. I, I remember it. Yeah. This episode was Carol. Well, it was mainly focused on Carol, kind of uh Daryl as well, but uh, basically they split their two paths and it's like basically just showing the struggles they're, they're going through uh, without being with each other more or less. So it's definitely hitting at a Carol, Daryl, Daryl, Carol romance. What is the, what's the shipping name for Carol and Daryl? Um, I mean, it's got it. Well, it could be either or, right? Carol or Daryl. Wow. That, that does make sense. Uh, so, but yeah, I guess it seemed to feel more focused on Carol where she's having her struggles of trying to help out, uh, coming back to the base. I think they went back to, what was it called? Uh, King Ezekiel's location, but I think they disbanded that. But basically you have, um, is his name? Not Rick, but, uh, Jerry who uh, was kind of consoling her and things like that. And uh, it was, I'm not going to lie. I did feel like another, yet another filler episode uh, where it feel like, oh man, they're really trying to stretch this last season out or whatever. Yeah. It, it's hard to, it's hard to, um, yeah, not say it's not a filler episode. It felt like, like, we could have done without it, you know, but I, I, I enjoyed it. It was fine. It, I just felt like, yeah, I feel like they're milking this season a little too much, but we'll see next, next episode because boy, I think this is the, this is the episode. Like literally every walking dad fan wanted to some extent. Uh, I'm not sure if they explored this in the comics or not, but uh, basically, uh, next episode is going to be, uh, Negan's like origin story, which, you know, I think everybody was curious about if anything. Um, so we'll actually see, uh, Negan, how he came to be Negan and, um, the origin story of, uh, you know, Lucille and all that. So I am very, very interested in, uh, at least, <laughs> at least next, next week's episode for sure, or this coming Sunday. So. Um, yeah, then, uh, also Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, boy, this episode was crazy. It's actually was what I wanted, uh, at least from what was being hinted at with the show. So we got some good payoffs, uh, at least spoilers for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but, um, boy, 
man, they, they, they definitely, they, they were not shy or coy about racism. Uh, uh, at least, you know, from a, I guess from a Marvel standpoint, I mean, they didn't go out like straight out right with it, but, uh, I, I guess they kind of did actually, to be honest, cause, uh, at least probably the biggest, I'd say moment of the episode is that we got to see, um, the actual black captain America. I f- what was his name? How did I forget his name? Um, El- Elijah, I think that's his son. Um, wow. I am very sad that I don't remember that. I think his son is a, his son is Elijah. Wow. How do I not remember that? Isaiah. I think that's right. Isaiah. Yeah. Isaiah Bradley. Okay. I had to be sure. I think his son is Elijah. Who's the Patriot who comes to be the Patriot. Yeah. Elijah Eli. Okay. I had to make sure didn't want to want to get that wrong. So yeah. So you saw Elijah, um, Bradley, who was at least in the comics, I think the 2003 comics, um, where they showed his story. He actually was like, you know, the unsung hero, the, you know, kind of (laughs) like, I like to compare it to, uh, to a big boss from Metal Gear Solid three, like the, person who went through a lot of shit, but got no credit, nothing to show for it more or less. So, uh, yeah, man, like he was getting operated on and tested and he was like the only surviving, um, soldier through all these experiments that they did on black people, uh, because they were, you know, quote unquote expendable. So who man, that was a tough episode, but you know, he, uh, he was pissed off. He's like, Hey, <laughs> Uh, he's like, I got your arm. Didn't I use talking that shit to, uh, the winter soldier. It's like, I just wanted to see (laughs) the most pettiest though. The only reason I wanted to see you was to see if you got that arm back. Cause I, I I fucked your arm up. I fucked your arm up, Bucky. (laughs) Ah, that was good. That was very good. I love that so much, but uh, yeah, he got, he, he was so pissed. He freaking what he, he threw like a, you know, like a, what a dollar store tin can and lodged that boy right into a damn, uh, wall. I'm like, yeah, that dude got some strength. So, ah, uh, it felt good. That felt good. At least to at least start talking about like the controversial, you know, issues of being a black superhero, which I, I personally at least appreciated. Um, cause you never necessarily see that on TV. Uh, you know, at least it's starting to become more, you know, mainstream now, but you know, in general, that's always been a more or less issue if you will. But, um, yeah. So, um, and then like right after that, of course, you know, police, um, because they don't know he's an Avenger, they were very immediately suspicious and, you know, we're about to arrest, uh, about to arrest the Falcon. But then, you know, uh, come to find out they end up arresting Bucky because he, I think he skipped his therapy or his, uh, I guess his, uh, court mandated therapy. Um, 
So there was all of that. But uh, and I forgot about the they also they also um, provided more backstory to uh, <laughs> fake Captain America, not my Captain America. <laughs> What's his name? Um, uh, damn it. I forgot his name. You know what I mean? He's not even that important. I don't even want to look him up because he's not that important. But um, yeah, so we got <laughs> Dallas store general, Captain rear. <laughs> we got, we got the, we got the uh, secondhand brand Captain America. Um, it was cool though. They, 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 they showed a bit of his story, his upbringing. He had a, at least they made it seem like he had a very similar like upbringing as to, um, uh, Chris Evans, Captain America, but he, uh, it seems like there's something they're not telling us, which I'm pretty sure they're going to probably revealed at least before the end of this, this series. But yeah, I still don't like him. He's done. He's, he's doing some questionable stuff that, uh, Steve Rogers wouldn't do. So I don't know about that. I don't, I don't like him. I don't like him. He may have got Bucky out of jail, but I don't like him. I don't like him. He doesn't add up. Sums off sums off and I don't like it. <laughs> Not my Captain America. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I am at least so far, what three episodes in so far thoroughly enjoying, uh, this, uh, series. It's, uh, maybe not on WandaVision levels of it, but I necessarily wasn't expecting that. Cause I mean, that it did, that did set the bar in terms of just straight up good TV. But I mean, this is like a, literally a Marvel movie in TV format, more or less, which I am thoroughly enjoying so far, at least the plot developments and questions we're waiting to get answered, speculating on. I'm loving it. So, uh, then, oh man, out of nowhere, uh, invincible, uh, it's on a Amazon, uh, prime video. Oh man, this is, uh, I, I, a part of me doesn't want to, I'll, I'll try to dance around some stuff, but I guess the best comparison I will give you is basically literally the boys in animated form, which I, I, I don't want to be that like general about it, but that's probably the best way to kind of provide a, uh, provide a good frame of reference in terms of what to expect. Cause boy, I was not expecting what happened. Um, maybe I just didn't think they would go there, but they did, which is crazy to me. But, but then at the same time, I was like, Oh yes, I'm kind of loving this. It's just like a breath of fresh air. Cause we don't really see too many, uh, superhero related stuff, movies, media that kind of explores the dark side of media. Like, you know, the weird, kind of gray line, if you will, like, what if you have all this power in the world, similar to Superman, but you are actually evil and you know, you're, you're using it more or less for bad and political stuff and gains and stuff like that. So very fascinating. I am totally on board down with it. I think the first three episodes, uh, premiered, uh, last week. So I think it's now just going to be a one episode week type deal, but I'm invested. Let me tell you. Okay. Who boy, as somebody who never read the comics, uh, again, from Robert Kirkman, who, uh, 
you know, of course also made the walking dead series. Um, yeah, I'm, I am loving just not knowing any frame of reference of the comics and just watching this fully blind. Cause boy, yeah, I was not expecting what happened. I do not want to spoil it cause it is very good. And you know, oh man, they, they, I'll just say they set it up so well in terms of how, how everything, like how, how everything like impacted, they set it up very well where everything was like very hunky dory and, you know, I guess kind of similar to the boys if, if, if that gives you any indication, but how they set it up just really threw you off guard. It really did. And it was very good. Very good. Oh man. Yeah. I like <laughs> uh, at least going into it. I'm like, let me watch this first episode. See what this, see what this is about. What is this about? And then right after the end of the, the first episode, I'm like, okay, yep. I got to watch the second episode immediately. And then the third one. So I was like, yeah, Ugh. very good. I do recommend it. If you're into superhero movies, uh, invincible, very good. Very, very good. I am thoroughly enjoying it so far. So, uh, and then weirdly for just random, just randomly, uh, freaking family guy. Um, uh, I I've been, I've dropped off a of family guy for like, I don't know how many years now I've started to just start watching, uh, and catch up to, uh, the current season now. And man, uh, just some of the, I just love their type of humor. It's, uh, I mean, for pe- people who haven't watched family guy or haven't been familiar with family guy and I don't know how long, but, uh, it just, it just captures the random specific, uh, comedy that I do really like where it's just the most random stuff that also I think most people don't think about, but when you do think about it in retrospect, it's kind of funny as hell. When you think about it, <laughs> they seem to have just that knack and essence of like capturing that, that like no other show has really captured, you know, like Simpsons and other shows. I mean, even South park where it's like, I don't want to say smart humor, or witty humor, but I guess it's kind of a little bit of that, but like just, just stuff you would never think about or like factor in. They totally comment on and like just the accuracy is like what also makes it more hilarious to at least to me personally. So I've been thoroughly enjoying the hell out of that series because, man, I've loved that. Love that series growing up and watching it, but totally fell off. And I'm like, let me catch back up. So I've been actually that's probably the most I've been watching, <laughs> at least over, over the weekend since last episode. So uh, what am I on? Season 16, I want to say now. And it seems like they've coincidentally been going with each year, I think, because they technically started in 2000, I want to say. So that's kind of funny. So it's kind of uh, getting references to things back, <laughs> back at the certain times now and kind of getting a little, uh, I don't know, capsule, if you will, time capsule of looking back at things. So that's been kind of cool. Other than that, that's pretty much what I've been, uh, been up to. So there you go. Um, yeah, man, good time, good times, you know, good times. Well, uh, I think that will conclude it. 
if I can always forget. I think that will conclude episode 80, no, 98. <laughs> Switch the sites. Um, uh, if you're listening on your favorite podcast and platforms, feel free to like, rate, and subscribe. Um, you can also catch me on Twitter at a switch. Um, you can also catch archives of, uh, this, uh, podcast on youtube.com slash a switch. You can also catch this show live on Twitch TV slash a switch as well. And, uh, until next time guys, uh, don't cough. <laughs> don't touch people that don't want to be touched. Get your game on. Oh yeah. Nobody's safe.